Mickey, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode 206. Welcome back to the humid, yes, the very humid front porch here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, in Phoenix, Arizona. I hope you all are doing well wherever you are at. Uh, And I hope that uh, today has been a really good day or that you're just really looking forward to having an awesome day today, right? I'm one of those annoying people, and maybe you're like me, and if you are, hoorah, but I'm one of those annoying people that wake up in the morning, and I really, truly, every single morning, wake up going, today's going to be awesome. And it's not even like I'm trying to do some type of motivational, you know, mojo, you know, give some motivational mojo. Like, I genuinely am excited to be alive genuinely excited to kind of get going with the day it's like new beginnings new fun new adventure uh my sweet wife uh does not have the same uh way in which she looks at life we 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 talk all the time like in the morning i'm like hey how's it going and she's just like i'm not ready to talk yet right because i haven't had coffee and then for her she her mind is like a checklist like she wakes up and like her brain just goes, do you know there's a thousand things to do today? There's literally, and I'm like, there's things to do today? I didn't even know. That's awesome. That sounds so amazing, right? So it's so interesting how the different personalities <laughs> like work through things. And she was like, it must be great to live in your brain, to live in a brain that just wakes up and says, well, we'll see what happens. Because she's like, I know all the different things that I have to get done today. And it's a lot, like a whole lot. So anyway, if you're an optimist or if you're a realist or an optimist or a pessimist, whatever we call ourselves, uh, whatever you are, I hope today is a really, really good day. I'm uh, I'm really pumped on this passage. But before we get there, um, I just want to say thanks uh, for all of you who continue to listen uh, I really do appreciate it. Uh, here's what I'd love to do. Like, if you, uh, like, subscribe to this podcast, it's really, really helpful. Um, so subscribe to it if you haven't done that. And then it'll give you little alerts letting you know that the new episodes will come out. Um, and then share it with somebody. It would be awesome if some of you would share it. Every once in a while, I get, like, people who come up to me and go, oh, my friend so-and-so shared it with me. And that one on whatever was really great. So thank you. So when you do share it, it's kind of awesome. So would love that. And then um, for those of you who continue you to give monthly on patreon thank you thank you thank you really appreciate it and don't just don't forget about front porch devotional uh you can go to amazon and get front porch devotional really appreciate all the support in so many different areas it's been really cool to be on this journey with you all all right to this passage i'm really excited to work through second corinthians 7 10 for godly grief produces repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. I'll read it again. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. Um, When Patty and I were first married, probably our first year, I kind of lost my mind there for a sec. And I, for about a year, I, I just didn't tell her the truth. And here's what's crazy. I was, wor- I was working at this, um, nothing, no infidelity, none of that. Just decided I was going to just lie to her about stuff. So I was interning at this youth group, and, and I, um, 
I just said, you know, I'm going to continue. I was just continuing to play the game, you know, continuing to play the game of husband, continuing to play the game of Christian, you know, was going to Bible college at the time. You know, I'm just kind of going through the motions. And I don't know if you've had a season of your life like this, but this was my season. And so I'm sitting there and this kid, his name's AJ, and he got up in front of he got up in front of the the youth group and he was worshiping. Now, AJ was this kid who was like this normal kid until he turned like 10. And then all of a sudden his body shut down. And so everyone loved him. He was super great. Apparently just incredibly brilliant kid, like really brilliant, but basically he's trapped inside of his body. And it was just heart-wrenching, you know, to kind of watch him go around. But he would just have this great spirit about him. So one day during worship, I'm watching him you know, worship, I'm standing in the back of my room in all of my sin, and this kid lops both of his arms over his walker, and I see him, like, worshiping with noises. I instantly, instantly, instantly got convicted. And it was like the Lord, I, the Lord used this kid to go, dude, what are you doing? Why are you living your life this way? And I was overwhelmed. I really was, like, my overwhelmed with sorrow. And I instantly thought, I have to go talk to Patty right now. So I drove home. I told Patty, and she forgave me. But I remember that moment just being a really, like, painful, sacred moment that I experienced. But here's the crazy thing with that that moment. It didn't end there, right? It's not like I, I failed for a year, lied to Patty, and then finally revealed all the truth of the things I was lying about, and everything goes away. No, it took about 10 years for Patty to really trust me. So I had to live in the consequence of making that decision. And here's the really cool thing about this passage. I discovered it. I started studying the book of Judges. Now, if you want a really savage read, right, go to the book of Judges. Uh, Judges is essentially uh, Joshua has now died and the people of Israel um, are kind of moving forward and taking the promised land that God gave to them. And it just goes really, really, really bad. Um, and so as I'm going, as I'm, as I'm studying through Judges, uh, one of the commentaries that I'm going through uh, brought out this verse. And it was in the context of, in the context of the Judges, Israel is making a lot of bad decisions. And as a result of that, the full weight of those decisions are coming down upon the meaning that people are killing them and taking back the things that God had promised to them. And, and now they're not just these free people. And now they're getting back into captivity and now they're in war and, and how overwhelming and sorrowful that was, but that God was using this to help push them and move them into repentance. And so as I read this passage, I was like, wow, in second Corinthians and in the context of judges, how incredibly powerful this particular verse is and the greater context of this passage is paul i love this paul like wrote a note they it's it's they they don't believe it was first corinthians but there must have been a note to this church so he writes to the corinthians church and if you've read first and second corinthians what you'll know about them is corinth was like a really gnarly place a lot of bad things happen in corinth and so Paul writes these letters to Corinth, and he's very honest about, and very honest to them, very straightforward about the way they're living their lives, about the culture around them. The culture was incredibly hedonistic. And as the people of Jesus, he was going, you can't live this way. 
Like you can't, you can't go live like the world and try to go like, no, but I'm all about Jesus. It doesn't work that way. So he's constantly writing in this way. Well, apparently Paul writes a letter and the context of this passage is him saying, look, I know that I wrote you a letter and I know that it convicted you to the point of sorrow. Like it was overwhelming. And, and Paul essentially says, if you go in and I can't, I encourage you, uh, read, uh, read second, uh, second Corinthians, like read second Corinthians seven. It's really, really fascinating. But he's essentially saying like, sorry, but not sorry. Like, I'm, I'm sorry that that brought you sorrow, but not sorry because it's moving you to understand how how you are moving against God and how he's convicting your hearts. And hopefully that's moving you into holiness. And so I started like working through that, thinking through that and going, well, what does that look like for our lives? Because I think we're going to do anything we can to not feel that way. And it's a part of the reason I think, and I believe this, I think a part of the reason why people don't want to read the Bible and people don't want to go to church is because they get convicted. Is because it's overwhelming for them. It kind of says, and it's why we judge a lot of times churches and in the scriptures is because it says stuff the scriptures say things that we don't want it to say. We want it to say happy things. We want it to say all these things about how we're going to prosper and everything's going to work out, right? And and but we don't we don't want the Bible to talk about sin. Like no 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 no, don't talk about sin. Like sin's sin's no fun to talk about. Talk about all the good stuff. Talk about eternity. Talk about love and joy. Like let's talk about all those things. And so a a passage like this is so important because it's coming up against a culture that just wants all the good stuff. And Paul's like, I can't can't do that. I can't just give you all the good stuff. It's not good for you. You need to hear. You're not living like Jesus. You're not. And if that brings you sorrow, sorry, but not sorry. Because hopefully it's going to move you to really see him and repent in turn. You know, because in at least in the context of this passage, and I think how our culture works as a whole and the Corinth culture is, you know, I think the way that our culture would say it is like, you know, sorrow is is kind of like, look, I'm 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 really sorry. Like I'm really sorry. Like I screwed up. You know that person in your life that like I don't know if you have friends like this, and if they are, they're just not good friends. But they're like, they say sorry, and then they just keep doing the same stuff. So, like, they say, look, I'm really sorry for showing up late. Or I'm really sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Or I shouldn't have gossiped behind your back. You know, that wasn't right. And then they do it again. Like, it it negates the sorrow. It negates the sorry. You weren't really sorry or sorrowful, it didn't really break you because it didn't impact the way you lived your life, right? But I I bet you felt bad for a sec, but you didn't feel bad in a way that propelled you to change something, right? That is earthly sorrow. It's just kind of like, it's not really sorrow. I mean, maybe you felt bad, but you didn't feel bad enough to change anything. This is what Paul's coming up against. And this is what he's challenging us on. In fact, he talks about this kind of sorrow going like, look, this kind of sorrow, it leads, it produces death because there's no transformation. You just keep going in this cycle and nothing changes. And so he's propelling us to a heaven on earth way in which we view sorrow, which is this. Sorrow leads to repentance. 
sorrow that leads to repentance. It's called good sorrow. Really good sorrow. Have you ever been driving in a car and just like flipped someone off or like screamed at them? And you were driving down the road farther and you're you're grumbling because you couldn't believe it. And then then instantly you were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. Or like freaked out on a barista or somebody in for what? Because they rung up your thing different or they, you know, like, and then you walk away and you go, oh my gosh, I cannot believe. Like, that's the kind of sorrow that that the earth talks about. This kind of sorrow that he's talking about, this good sorrow, has us go back to that person and go, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't, I didn't just sin against you. I sinned against God. That was wrong. And I'm so sorry. That is good sorrow. This is what Paul is inviting us as, the, as believers in Jesus Christ. Check this out. What if, and I, and I talked about a little bit of this in the Lord's Prayer, but like, what if you've posted stuff over the last 18 months that was just rude and wrong and cruel and divisive, right? And maybe you read through that stuff now and you're like, oh, man, and you feel some sorrow over it. And he's like, hey, hey, that's what the earth does. What would it look like for you to post something and say, hey, I just want to say I'm really sorry for the, the divisive language I've been using, for the unkind words I've been saying, you know, the dialogues. I, I'm so sorry. I don't want to be like this. I'm a... I believe in Jesus, his death and his resurrection, and he loves me, and I want to live that light out in this world. That is good sorrow because you can repent to other people, but first and foremost, you repent to God. God, man, that came out of me, and it was so vile. I came up against one of your creations. You love them. They're image bearers of the God Almighty, and I treated them like they were nobody please forgive me. And then I go to that person and I say, please forgive me. This is what Paul is saying is good sorrow. Good sorrow will always move us to repentance, always. And really, the beauty of what Jesus did on the cross is that sorrow that we feel that leads us to repentance. It says that when we repent, that he washes us white as snow. It allows us to be in full communion, full abiding love with God. And this is what Paul desperately wants for all believers because good sorrow sees salvation. Good sorrow sees salvation, sees Jesus, sees all the weight of sin and that it cost Jesus his life and it causes us to move to right repentance with him. So the question is this, where is God causing good sorrow in your life? And maybe you've come up against somebody. Go ask God for forgiveness and then go to that person and ask forgiveness. Be made right with God and with others. Heavenly Father, wow, we need your help on this one. This is heavy. It's real. And we run away from it all the time because, to be honest, it's hard. So challenge us, teach us, Spirit, guide us, convict us, and lead us into your way for your glory. So take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is